Annie Maimoni and welcome to this month's Walk on the Wild Side with Surrey Wildlife Trust. Join me with Jim Jones from the Trust and Aaron Mason, an IT PhD student from Surrey University, as we reposition cameras and search for signs of otters along the River Way. So we're putting cameras along the River Way for Surrey Wildlife Trust to check um, for otter activity because otters have actually been sighted in the county. And a testament to that is Jim Jones, Surrey Wildlife Trust Landscape and Wetlands Officer. Jim, hi. So, Tommy, when did you see evidence of them? Well, it was earlier on this year, back in April, when I was lucky enough to be to have my attention drawn towards this, this part of Surrey where local people had spotted otters on the riverbank and got in touch and... I came out with um, Richard, a local resident, and uh, we walked to the place where he'd seen them. And lo and behold, they were actually there, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon, three otters on the side of the uh, the, the riverbank. We think it was a, a female and, and two young, youngish pups. And they were, they played around for a bit before sort of diving off into the river once they picked up our scent, really. So we are monitoring the area. We've, we've now got evidence from their sprinting that they've moved. They're certainly moving up into, the, into Surrey. But um, we were very excited about this because it could have been you know, a breeding event in, in Surrey, which would be the first time uh, since the 1960s, really, that we've got that evidence. Lovely. and must have been very exciting for you to see. Oh, it's, it's, it's a career-defining moment, really, you know, to see wild otters... Not very many have people have that opportunity, especially not in in the southeast because they're they're still very much beginning to move into the southeast. You know, we have records of them visiting sites in Surrey and Sussex and Kent, but you know, breeding, you know, evidence of them actually breeding within the home counties is still these these southeast corner counties is still uh, few and far between really so very exciting well fingers crossed that uh, the cameras we look at will show us a bit of evidence and that you find some sprained and or footprints or something uh, to show that they're still around let's hope so i think you know the most important thing is is just to keep keep an eye out for them really and making sure that it's not just a one-off thing and they don't uh, they are actually managing to to sustain their their own population in this part of the, the county as a foot as a as a jumping off point to coming back into the rest of the county really that's what we hope they'll do and i guess um creating the right sort of areas for them so that they incline to visit and come and breed yeah i mean that's that's the key really you know we don't do anything else apart from making sure the habitat is right so you know that there's fish in the in the rivers and there's places for them to, to hold up places for them that isn't disturbed by too, too many um, people for them to actually establish breeding colonies so and that way get back onto the rivers you know because they're a natural resident of our of our rivers the rivers aren't the same without them really so let's hope they, they do come back lovely well let, let's go and see what we can find yeah, let's shall we go. yeah definitely it's always really good to have a pair of binoculars to hand when you're doing this kind of not a survey because it just means you can inspect the opposite bank without actually having to swim across but I can't see anything that indicates that there might be when you say swim across you don't mean you swim across 
Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't normally do that unless it was a very nice day. <laughs> right. And so we've got some deer deer tracks, and, and there's a, signs of um, a bird's nest over here as well. That's oh. where the swans have been oh, nesting okay. here. Um, but nothing to indicate that there's been an otter. It's uh, so we're, we're downstream here from the um, from the original otter sighting. So you know the river is flowing um, that down down towards its its source um so we're hoping that you know if we do get signs of otters here it means they're moving further up into surrey hence that's why we've got two otter halts on this particular location when you say halt so otter halt is um is the term used for a denning site a, a resting site for an otter so like badgers have sets otters build halts so otter halts can can sometimes be you know, holes in in um, in bank sides or tree roots, fallen tree roots that offer a good cover, a location for otters to to nest up and breed. And you've built a halt. You've created one, have you? One of the things that we are doing to help otters move back into Surrey is where there are no natural breeding sites, whether that's because the habitat's been removed, trees have been cut down, the banks have been modified slightly we put in artificial ones so on this particular site the local cubs have built some natural ones out of wood yeah so log log built halts but we've also installed one a plastic halt which was um these designs um you can look up on youtube and find out how they're done because my predecessor helped design them chris matchin helped design them so we've got one of those here which we're going to go and see later on because we've got a camera by the halt so we'll have a look at that no signs of of breeding in it as yet or even no. it being visited but yeah, yeah hopefully one, one day yeah yeah <laughs> there's hope I'm just it's really grown up around here isn't it it's oh, really it's, tall it's absolutely made it, but it's very beautiful as well but it's yeah a, really grown it's a really <laughs> lovely site actually and, and there's the, the manager of the, of the land is um, it does a very good job in taking care of it and that's where we you know hope to have partners along the river who who really look after the land because it makes it better for the otters. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are some signs of problem issues. We have Himalayan balsam here, which is an invasive non-native species which destabilises the bank because I can pull it up and it's very shallow-rooted like that. Right. So it doesn't hold the bank together, which means that as soon as you get water running off, it can wash away silt into the water, which can damage fish habitats oh, by over-silting right, the river. Okay. So we, yeah, that came out the ground very... Easily, oh, yeah. It? I mean, we, we have volunteers who do Himalayan balsam pulling quite regularly. And in fact, we've got a whole week of it on the 15th of July. So we'll get someone to talk to you about that later, yeah, I think. Definitely. OK, thanks. <laughs> right, better press on. On the River Way, there is a partnership working called the Way Landscape Partnership. And as part of that, we have a non-native invasive species task group. Um, and that's looking at coordinating action to get rid of some of the major problem species that we have on the way Himalayan balsam being one of them um, Japanese knotweed giant hogweed and we have some other species like um, azolla which forms these amazing mats that can cover water bodies and lakes so much so that they actually look like they're solid ground and people can walk over them so they're a bit of a danger mm. but non-native invasive species things that shouldn't really be there um, you know they're not part of our native flora and also they're invasive and they cause economic problems so you mm. know it costs money to remove these species so we we have a strategic approach to eradicating them 
So this is um, one of our artificial otter holts that my predecessor Chris has been has steadfastly put in in various locations. Um, oh, it starts there. So okay. So we it's have, like it has a little wooden entrance. Basic, basically, we, it's a, it's called a pipe and chamber holt. So you have right. So you have got a pipe. You have a pipe Plastic that pipe. is very close to the water. Yeah. And it's held in place by this wooden um, these wooden brackets here, and the pipe goes under the ground here. And you can see then it enters into this chamber, which is composed like of... It, yes, it's box. a it's a rectangular box that is set into the ground and covered over with earth. And you can see the breathing holes, the air holes that it has on either side. And you can also see then that there is another pipe oh, yes. that comes out the other side and goes slightly uphill. That's primarily a, an escape route. So if there's an otter inside and another otter comes in, something that it doesn't want to come in and it wants to escape, it has an escape route. But this isn't being used at the moment, sadly, but, um, you know, we hope it will be at some point. Very, very basic, but very clever. Very basic, but very clever. I mean, if we took the lid off inside, you'd see that there was sort of three different chambers so that the the otter has different areas in which to, to nest. And it's, this was designed by Chris, my predecessor, with um, Phil Chris, a company who create things out of recycled plastic. And it was actually on BBC Springwatch at some point uh, many years ago, so the design. So all, all made out of recycled materials? That's right, yeah. So, and, and they're used all over the country now because they're, they're very easy to put together. You can also have a, a log halt, which you can construct from local materials, but they don't last as long, so they'll deteriorate after a while. Um, we haven't had any in our halts at, at the present time, but we keep an eye out. And, and so how long would something like this last for? Well, as long as the recycled plastic yeah, lasts, hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of years. So <laughs> there is an argument for you know, recycled materials in the environment lasting that long, but you know, it's very useful because we want otters to use these things again and again. And just tell me, I mean, what is it that will particularly attract an otter to a location? It's difficult to say entirely, but one, one thing that it does like is a source of you know, local fish food, so a river that has good fish stocks on it, and also somewhere with areas for, for it to rest up, basically away from too much disturbance. So, you know, a quiet bend in, in the river, perhaps a, an oxbow lake or a tributary off a main river channel, with woodland and scrub nearby so that the otter can find a resting place and lay up overnight. It's especially useful if there's, you know, a lot of old trees that are, you know, mature, possibly veteran trees that that are nearby as well, because otters use tree roots that may have, you know, holes where the water has eroded behind them and created spaces for them to, to lie up. And then the other thing is it likes places along the river where it can sprint as well. So that's areas of bankside that are you know, perhaps free from vegetation or a, 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 a tree that leans over into the water. Um, so it can, it can spray, you know, it can put this, well, it's a combination of its poo and a, a chemical that allows it to signal its individuality. Just earlier, you, you uh, found some poo or spray of, of some description, but not, not from Otto, we established, because you could tell by its smell. Yeah. How, how on earth can you tell the difference? Well, the, the otter spray 
has a very distinctive smell. It, people describe it in very many different ways. Some people say that it tastes, it tastes, it smells. <laughs> I hope you don't eat we it. We don't <laughs> taste it. No, it smells like uh, wet hay. Um, others say jasmine tea. Some people have said palmer violets or something like that. But the point is that it's when you smell it, it's a very sweet smell. It's not like if, say, for instance, if it was a mink dropping that that we'd seen, that would smell foul. Um, you know, because the diet of otters is primarily aquatic it's it's you know fish and invertebrates from from the river which gives it that distinct kind of fishy smell and it also gives it that distinct bony structure as well which is very different to other animals poo is it the same sort of color as usual no it's um it well it can vary depending on the the, what they've they've been eating but generally it's it's a lot lighter and sort of grey and scaly rather than dark so you can um, tell reasonably it's, quickly by looking yeah, at it yeah. you just need to confirm by it's a very it. good sign once you've seen something you once you've seen a good portion of it but what can happen as well is male otters in particularly do a very very small amount of, of sprainting so it can be just a tiny little mark and even what we call anal jelly which is which is actually <laughs> is actually not really part of the actual sprain but it's more like the lining of the scent gland and that they use that to signal to other otters about their territory and that can just look really like a, a wet or glistening piece of, of the bankside soil or on a plant or something oh, like that. Really but, but once you can, right. you can once smell you it, know, once yeah. you can smell it, it, you know you've got otters. Oh, and so how it's big fascinating. Well, it depends. Um, again, know. yeah, yeah, we've we've got some good evidence that, for instance, a male otter can travel up to eighty kilometres along a river, um, but they, you know, they vary between sort of. Um, 20 to, to, to 40 kilometres, something like that, along the river. That's that's just another post going in for um, yet another camera that Aaron's putting up. That's right. And this this one is actually very close. So this, this camera will, will help us see what's going on in the hulk. We've already got pictures of badgers and foxes and deer. In fact, we've had a picture of a deer crossing this part of the river here as well from one side to the other which we are very pleased to see an interesting bit of behavior and so hopefully we'll, we will get some pictures of animals using the river and um, anything that does come and visit the halt we will be able to see so. well the, this by contrast is up on the side of the bank mm. as opposed to down close by the river bank where that's the last right. one was that's so right. just above the halt that's right because it gives us a good view of of anything coming into the halt and also making its way out of the halt through the escape channel as well so and it gives us a good view down into the river just in case we get anything swimming past so a good place fingers crossed Mm. last time we came there were lots of prints over there which suggested there might be foxes that have been sniffing around there so and it's a good place for sort of otters to haul out and sprain if they're coming this way as well so a patch of like sort of bear area yeah yeah good and then the undergrowth behind it so behind it well they love all this scrubby woodland is a great area for them to um hole up when they are breeding they tend to take themselves away from the river the female does a bit further to actually you know actually give birth so having this wonderful bit of woodland and scrub associated with the river is really important that's often a problem with a lot of rivers that run through lowland areas because a lot of the woodland has been cleared and my predecessor Chris also put into 
practice some scrub planting um, along some of the rivers so that otters would have these areas where they can just go and hide up away from the river and actually breed if they need to. How many pups do they normally have? It's between sort of um, three, uh, two to four pups, and they can breed at any time of the year as well. Oh, really? There isn't a sort of specific breeding season, although you do tend to find that more are born during the summer months, but they can breed at any time. And uh, what's, do you know what their gestation period is? About, it's about four weeks, if I recall precisely. Is that all? Yeah, it's not very long. Wow, yeah. that's not very long so. at all. Gosh, OK. You can tell we're out in the wild, you can hear aeroplanes flying over. <laughs> That's as well right, as the birds yeah. singing. <laughs> Wouldn't get that in the studio. <laughs> so we're going to set up the camera here just to um, to keep an eye on this this particular stretch. Uh, we've got another one just down there, but having more in different locations just increases our chance of getting things. So Aaron's going to put the camera. Up, Aaron is, is going to put the camera up. We've got a nice. And then post. it feeds all the information back to his laptop. Um, well, does... it sends emails of little small Clips. thumbnail pictures back to all of us in fact we're on a in, we're on a uh, internet 24 hour 24 alert, hour alert. <laughs> so aaron is going to put a post in and he's going to put a camera on which will uh, feed information back to the people that are linked up to the camera uh, and at the moment they're just deciding where on the riverbank is the best place to put that obviously if you put it too close to the water and the water rises it's going to cover the camera which wouldn't be very good Aaron, tell me how you got involved with uh, putting cameras out looking for otters with Jim for Surrey Wildlife Trust. That's my, my PhD subject is um, looking at citizen science and how you can collect data from various sources around the world in many different formats and then bring it all together, like crowdsourced information. And you can learn a lot of, informa- a lot of knowledge from these photos come from different places. So the photos that are taken here, when they go into the, the hub of people who interpret it, they basically can give you some human intelligence on top of it. They can find out a lot of information about what's going on. Yeah, and then they can actually annotate your photos for you. So they, in turn, actually help you to learn more. So it's like a two-way education. Sounds amazing. And you recently uh, went to India, I understand, to actually put some cameras out in the jungle. Yeah, uh, about two months ago, I went to Mumbai, all the way from Mumbai through Nagpur, ended up in New Delhi, went to various tiger reserves on the way. Wow, that must have been an amazing experience. Yeah, very good. I managed to see a wild tiger while I was there, which is quite good. Woo, just disappeared into a bog then. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got photos coming in every other day now of, of boar, wild cats... A couple of tigers. Wow, how exciting. Mongoose. Right, and who are you doing Sambal that deer. with? I'm doing that with um, a company called Tiger Nation. Right. And um, ZSL, London Zoological Society. Oh, lovely. And some of the photos are actually going to London Zoo's Instant World website. Oh, my goodness, that's amazing. And their mobile app as well. Right, so, so how exciting to be involved with all of that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. For a computer science uh, project, it's yeah. a bit different. <laughs> yeah, I think it takes the top of most of them, actually. I think it takes a bit of beating. Yeah, it means I'm not sitting in front of the computer most of the time. I'm actually... Out and about. Yeah, yeah exactly. out and about and well, well myself. Well done, you. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's an achievement just to be able to 
justify a project like this to get it funded I have got the pictures just to tell your lecturers and your supervisors that you are actually out in the wild we're at a secret location in Surrey and actually at the location where Jim was fortunate enough to see the otters uh, it's very beautiful, very grown up around here though, isn't it? It's grown up a lot since since uh, I was here and actually saw the otters. And if you imagine that bank over there, which is now completely obscured by nettles, was very much just short grass more than anything else underneath the trees. There's a, there's a line of trees just along the back of the bank there. And the otters first appeared just over in the far right-hand corner. And we heard them moving about and sort of doing, doing the snickering that, that otters do. And then they just gambled along the front of the bank here. It's very dense undergrowth here, isn't it? I mean, not, it's just lots of very tall, long grass that we're walking through. Lots of thorns and stinging nettles. <laughs> I'm glad I've got my wellies on. wellies and puffed trousers. Do yes. Reflection of the trees in the water is lovely. The question is, are you going to be able to find the camera? So it, we're just looking at the area where Jim normally finds the sprint. And um, actually, uh, going back to the smell of it, I've, I've had a smell and it uh, does smell like hay, it smells like to me. What do you think, Aaron? I don't like it. <laughs> well, I'm not sure you're supposed to like it particularly. <laughs> well, I don't know. Smell of hay's okay. I'm not sure. Smell of hay. Right. I've, I've, I've got the. You get a bit of a. I, I guess because I associate this now <laughs> with, with the pleasant. sense of victory. Yeah. You know the idea. Secret. Yes, I found some. So that is a very pleasant smell to me. It's a kind of. Yes, things are working. Things I are can't, here we are with Surrey Wildlife Trust discussing, discussing <laughs> how much we like otter <laughs> poo. poo. But there we go. But you can you can actually see as well that you know these are. It's a very um, as, as I was saying before. It's it very quite strongly even it, just it from is, there. Yeah. Well, the idea is that as an otter comes down the river, it will be able to pick up that smell very easily. Um, so it's you know it's it's in a good point. You often find otter sprain underneath bridges like this. Um, you can see there that there's a that, that there's a place for the otters that are obviously clear of vegetation. They're coming up underneath the bridge and sprinting in here. It's not usually that colour. It's dried out quite significantly as well. So, but that's that's very pleasing. That means that they have been back in the past month, which which I'm very pleased about. Do you think you may have found some fresh otter tracks? And we're looking at the um, yeah the camera now. Yes, we are. We're looking to see if the camera has picked up anything. There's certainly some kind of tracks that we've just seen there. It's very difficult to actually be sure that they are otter or not. They're what we call partial prints. I'm, I'm interested enough <laughs> to, to uh, I'm, I'm not ruling them out as completely as dog, which um, um, they look slightly like like that. Um, so it's interesting, but the, the only thing is we have a problem with the camera is slightly too high to have picked that one up because it was aiming at the back there where there was a sprinting site and this 
this site is a bit too far forward it's it's almost right underneath the camera for it to be picked up it's actually really tricky isn't it it's really tricky trying to focus a camera in one place where you think something's going to pass by because it would if the veget and the other thing is the vegetation has grown up quite considerably in the past couple of weeks so the site where it where the animal had definitely sprayed you before is now is now covered by vegetation um so we're going to clear some of the vegetation and reset the camera and see see what we what we can get. But we did at least see that bit of sprint further down. We did, yeah. We? So that's so they are they are still using Around. this area. Yeah. So it's quite possible that they will come back sure. again. Exciting. That's all positive. Yeah, very much. I mean, I would like to set up a camera over there um, by that further sprinting down. site, yeah. but it's it's too public, unfortunately, just by the footbridge. Right, um, yeah. Okay. And there's not, I've had a look around to see if there's any sites that we could put the camera so it was concealed, but then it would be too far away from the actual sprinting site. And I don't want to risk these wonderful cameras. No. <laughs> How much are these cameras? About £250 right. each. <laughs> Plus, you've got the everything else that goes with it, like the yeah. SIM card contract. Yeah, so it all adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. we need to look after the cameras well we've just uh, checked the final camera and uh, moved it slightly to where the sprained area is so um, there's a good chance that something might get picked up there Uh, so that's all very exciting so um, I'd I'd just like to say to Jim and to Aaron thank you very much for having me along pleasure, it's always uh, nice and uh, keep us posted we certainly will, you know, the camera's in a good sight now so you know we know that the otters have revisited that sprinting site recently because there's fresh sprint so fingers crossed they'll, they'll come back again and we'll get some pictures for you and yeah. aaron keep up the good work thank you very much thank you very much for having me along cheers you're welcome okay. and uh, if we get any photos we'll get them straight away so we'll keep you updated thanks for joining us on our intrepid journey along the riverway The exciting news is that just days after we repositioned the cameras and cleared the undergrowth, Surrey Wildlife Trust had their first photographic evidence that otters are indeed back in Surrey. Let's hope they're here to stay. Join me next month for another walk on the wild side. Brooklyn's Radio